this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. Welcome to Strangers No More, where all people are loved with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the household of faith, there are to be no strangers, no foreigners, no rich and poor, no outside others. As fellow citizens with the saints, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you, Andrew. Hi, I'm Maggie Slight, and we are strangers no more. I am, we are, <laughs> I want to apologize. We have been gone for uh, several weeks. We took a little bit of a break while we uh, took care of some matters of business and pleasure and church. Uh, our friend Dennis is not joining us today. He actually went and surprised Al Caraway in the Sacred Grove yesterday. And I think he got so excited that he must have completely lost his voice because he texted me today to let me know he had laryngitis. <laughs> oh, no. And he has absolutely no voice. So we will we should be have got a picture of him and just put it up. And just said that's <laughs> about as much as he could do anyway so we could just put it up uh, i just wanted to mention that we are members of the dialogue podcast network which is a collective of independent interesting podcasts who promote thoughtful respectful and engaging inquiry and discussion of all aspects of the latter-day saint tradition thought and arts and culture and we invite you to check out the other podcasts within the Dialogue Podcast Network, I will give you a little bit of sneak peek to let you know that I was interviewed by Holy Human, which is another podcast on the same network last week. And that interview, I, I will say that I need to work on my interviewee skills because that interview went like two and a half hours. And I, I apologize for the editing that they're going to have to do. <laughs> But let's start off this podcast of ours with just a little bit of a around the table and say, what have we learned in these last couple of months? Bradley, you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, I have learned a lot of different things. Um, I was able to attend the temple again for the first time since COVID. Okay. So that was really exciting. Um, temples are finally opening up I'm not able to go for another like three months because it's so busy here <laughs> wow. um unless I can maybe try to find another temple to go to but that was really nice I don't think they let you actually um go to different ones. from what I understand and I could be wrong but I, I think you're only right now able to schedule time at your temple at the yeah, temple so I don't know because Christy and I went to Utah a few weeks ago um and we thought well maybe we could go and when we started looking into it we couldn't book a book a time if we wanted to because yeah, yeah so we we have to go to the san antonio temple because that's where we're we're tied so but i think it's just because there's so much there's yeah. limited openings and and so many people who want to go so 
Well, that's that's yeah. wonderful that you got to return to the temple, Bradley. I am so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Andrew, how about you? I I've relearned stuff that I already knew. How's that sound? Um, so one of the you things that I, <laughs> one of the things that I have always is one of my mantras is 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 to, is service for others. And there's there's so much about what I try to do, but I sometimes you forget just how meaningful service can be, uh, and not just uh, and I and this is where it's it's interesting, not just the anonymous or the service that we do, like helping people in our neighborhood or anything else, but how central it is to success. Um, and and for instance, I just recently changed jobs. I now work for Logitech, which I couldn't say the last time we were talking. <laughs> we were still, I think I was days away from, and I couldn't tell my company, because my company, I was. I couldn't say out loud that I had accepted any position or anything. But the last, but I have accepted a new position at Logitech, and here's the one thing that is is amazing is that, is that um, it's it's service leads to success, in life, in spiritual life, in professional life. If you think about um, yourself and only yourself, you're likely not to ever, even the most. Now, I know that there's this there's exceptions to this because there's a whole book called Christmas, a Christmas Carol about someone who who uh, made a lot of money by being very miserly. So there is some of those. But um, if you want a, a well-rounded life and well-rounded success, you, service is the key. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100 um, percent. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. I wanted to share something that actually happened uh, a couple of months ago. And I, I, I've, I've, I've started to go back to church here and there. My first time back at my ward was the beginning of April. But since, um, since the beginning of June, I've actually suffered with some really bad uh, health issues that have caused me to be home the entire pretty much in the entire time since. Um, but my last time at the church, it was significant to me because in my head, in, in, in the head of a convert <clears throat> who I am, who tends to go against the grain, if you will. I mean, when I produced this, when I started to produce this show, Strangers No More, you know, it really fit me, I thought, <clears throat> okay, this is me, I am, you know, I don't fit in, excuse me, I've got a lot of stuff coming through my lungs. <clears throat> but I always felt like I didn't fit in. And I always felt like there was this group of members that I didn't fit into. But I could tell you exactly who that group of members were in each ward or branch that I belonged to. And I could tell you which were the, the in clique or whatever. Well, up until two months ago, I thought I could tell you that. Because my, my perceptions were completely wrong 
when a man who who I know to have held callings within the bishopric, you know, the, the, the people that know everything that's going on about, you know, the war, or at least, you know, in my head. And so he was in my head, definitely within that clip. And yet that person came up to me and said that he really liked our podcast because he didn't feel like he fit in. And that rocked my perception. It completely rocked my perception. Because if he didn't feel like he fit in, or if he's gone through times where he didn't feel like he, he fit in, and to me, he was the nth degree of the clique that I didn't fit into, does that mean that nobody feels like they fit in? I think that there's a lot of people who don't. Um, I had a, I remember at one of my reunions, I sat and had a conversation with one of the girls that, that like she was in um, like presidencies, like, like class presidencies. She was always in this organization committee or that organization committee. I think she was a cheerleader. I could be wrong on that one. I mean, she was in thing after thing after thing. And from my perception, I thought, okay, she is just in that crowd. And she had friends right. and everything else. And, and when we were talking, she says, you know, and, and I didn't bring that up to her, but we were having this conversation. We were talking about high school and I was talking about, you know, there are aspects, there's always aspects you love and I hate, but I really enjoyed high school. Now I rarely went to class, so I really enjoyed high school. But, um, um, but, uh, but what she was, she said was, she's so glad she doesn't have to always worry about fitting in anymore because now she has her own family and everything else. And then I said, but wait, you're, you were in this and this and this. She said, yeah, I was doing all those things so I could feel like I was fitting in. And I'm like, really, I, w I wonder how many people don't feel completely like they're fit fitting in. And, and those who do may just be so few that we just, you know, we truly don't know, but anyway no idea yeah, my 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 perceptions were completely rocked they were completely rocked and and it and it is you know i've had some really major health challenges this last two months because i've had some lung issues that weren't diagnosed and people thought it for a minute there it was thought it was my heart and a minute there it thought it was other things it went back and forth for the last seven weeks so i'm actually glad that we're only recording now that we figured out what it is <laughs> Because it could have been something so much worse. But during the same time that those perceptions were rocked, I was going through this mortality thing. So <laughs> I've just been going through. And then as a pre prequel to our lesson that I'm just going to have you introduce in just a second here, Andrew, then I started studying with, with Dennis section 76 about where we go when we die. So with that, Andrew, why did you take away the introduction? <laughs> so section 76, uh, it's funny because we often refer to the first vision, um, but this section is recall, re referred to as the vision, which it says it, it's, it's, it's kind of it holds a lot of weight if you think about it. When the first vision is when 
Jesus Christ and, and, and God visited Joseph Smith, sparking all this new, the restoration, right? Um, one of the culminating events of doctrine, or at least in Joseph Smith's day, was this revelation. Prior to that, the understanding of what happens after this life was very, very, very different. And, and so, you know, this, uh, uh, I had, just a sec, I had some, uh, oh, I, I think I must have closed my, uh, my windows here. I had some, some, uh, some things pulled up. Oh, here we go. No, I have them. Good. Um, this vision took place uh, at, uh, not at the, it, it, it was at just at someone's home. So it's it, the main recording of it beyond what we, we see here, the main recording of what was going on was is taken from the, the journal of a guy named Philo Dibble, who, who talked a lot about what was going on that was not the actual vision. Like, how did it lead up to it and everything else? You can read that in the, the, um, the revelations in context. Um, but this actually took place in the Joel Johnson home. Um, and, um, so, and, and there's some interesting things, and this is not in the, even in the revelations of context, I was talking to, um, uh, a friend of mine from, uh, at the church, the, the vision actually, we, we imagine the vision unfolds the way and speed that we re read it, right? But a vision, this vision actually unfolded to a degree that they had people writing it down as it happened, which means they couldn't just couldn't just like Joseph Smith had to carefully say the words slowly and Sidney Rigdon would, would say what he saw. Joseph Smith would say what he saw. And then they would, so it was a, it was a long process to actually, actually, and they stayed in this um, there. This is the vision that uh, there's a, a, an interesting story that I've heard all my life about receiving revelation and receiving, you know, being in the, in the state of having a vision and everything else and how, how taxing it can be physically on you. At the end of this vision, um, I guess Sidney Rigdon just fell down like a, a, a limp noodle or whatever. And uh, Joseph Smith seemed fine. And people asked him about it. And he said, well, he's just not as used to it as I am because it takes so much. But if you, if you recall in the first vision, just after that, in some of the, the descriptions of Joseph Smith, he talked about his great fatigue and everything yeah, exactly. after, after, afterwards as well so and 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 before i get in but other key piece that i wanted to bring up before we get into the actual vision itself and, and actually what we learned from the vision is that the fundamental change in how we understand um in the christian world um and, and especially in the lds church um what happens after this life prior to this there were especially in his day in his area there were two main thoughts the one thought was the classic thought everything's heaven or hell you're going to go to heaven or hell god's going to pick pick the good people most everyone else is going to be the bad people and literally um that that was the idea that very very few people would ever make it into heaven everyone else would be going to hell which meant just just thousands of god's children would not even have the opportunity to be saved let alone be there then the other op op option was kind of a reverse of that was hey everyone will be saved god god has chosen 
he'll there are some of some of those people who 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 choose to do terrible but most the, mo the majority of people in this world and that was called universalism right universalism was this idea that all all would be saved and so what we find out is that it's actually kind of both <laughs> um and anyway so that's that's my my setup for today thank you andrew <clears throat> i still don't my voice is still <laughs> You got, you, you've been talking that, to Dennis too much. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I swear I've not been talking to Dennis that much. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now it's just been getting rid of that, all of that stuff out of my lungs. I actually was in the ER a couple of days ago and I spent a considerable amount of time in the ER. And I have what's called pneumonitis. I have an inflammation in the in my lungs. So please excuse my coughing. I will try to make it through. <laughs> that makes me think of Seinfeld. Newman. Newmanitis, sorry. <laughs> Newmanitis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bradley, I'm, I'm going to call on you because I, I was, when we, when I, when I was listening to the come follow me about this, this is, this is one of my absolute favorite sections in the Doctrine and Covenants. And when I, first studied it, I was completely taken away as a convert. But today, as I was going over some of our Come Follow Me materials, one of the things that I was really struck by was some of the comparisons to this section and the principles in the song, I am a child of God. Bradley, can you expand upon that a bit? With the uh, 7624. Yeah, um, I think we talked a little bit about this before. Yeah, we did. Um, just this idea that um, understanding that we are all children of God is not an easy thing to comprehend, I don't think, um, because it can really change our perspectives um, on like how we view one another. And I think like we can know and believe that we're children of God, but actually like internalizing that and remembering that is really hard to do. Um, and I don't know, I just, the conversation we were having earlier about how like we feel like people would really have, have different experiences with um, people if they understood that they were children of God. If it was easy to understand that concept, that issue wouldn't be prevalent in the church. And I feel like it still kind of is. Um, I think it's something that we're trying to like work on. Well, how does yeah. this truth affect the way we treat one another? Um, I feel like it just helps us to see that we're all equals and we're all just doing our best. We have a divine potential um, and we deserve to be treated in a way that we would want to be treated ourselves. Um, yeah. That's what I would Elder Bednar talked about knowledge and understanding one time. I think he was quoting Elder Packer, actually, who probably was quoting someone else who probably was quoting someone else. I don't know. But the idea that um, he talked about the idea that that um, it's one thing to have knowledge of and then it's different to un actually truly understand. And he said, if you truly understood doctrine and 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 God, if you truly understood it, you wouldn't stray from it 
or if very few people would there's some people who would they're called the sons of perdition we can talk about them later but um but most people if they truly understood not just knew it's one thing to be said told you that this um this is this is the c chord and it can make up a lot of different things and just tell you that that's what it does it's another thing to actually play and i think a better analogy would be one thing to learn about swimming there in one of my favorite shows big bang theory um sheldon um had never gone swimming but he he claimed he knew how to swim because he'd read everything there is that to, to about swimming and so the difference is is, is understanding and knowing and yeah. and if we truly if we truly knew and understood that we were all children of god we would look at people differently i can honestly i can honestly say that riding a harley is very much like that <laughs> you can read everything about it but until you put that bike into gear and get that clunk under you you know you don't understand you just don't understand which is the point of coming here right in the pre-existing pre-existence we learned we were taught how to we were we read how to swim essentially ah, we read how to live we were taught about living our life we were taught about coming down here but it really takes coming down here getting a body to have the experience because it's all experiential right and we can take that that much further and say we're being taught right now about the three degrees of glory in this section, but we really won't truly understand until we're there. If you really think about this section, though, how cool it is, we went from here, let me share my screen real quick. We went from um, a feeling of we're either here on this earth and we're either going to go up here or down here and it all depends on everything we do we don't really i mean if we screw up we can repent but we're pretty much going to be judged and everything's i mean few people are going to make it up here that's what that's what people perceived many in many cases um but if you if you look 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 at it sorry let me i'm trying to get forward go forward Okay, now I got to stop sharing and guess go forward that way. And then if, if you look at it the way it, it described in there, sorry, I had to stop and start. Um, we actually, every single person is saved. Mm -hmm. Other than those who basically can look God in the face, know everything about him, and then choose to turn. Those are called sons, sons of position. Very few people fall into that category. Very, very few. Everyone else is saved. That is just straight up. We are all saved. We all fall into um, a, a degree of glory. And I will, where do we fit? And I, will, I will mention the same thing that I was joking with you guys about as I came out of the ER. I only see sons of perdition. I don't see any mention of daughters of perdition or non-binaries of perdition anywhere here. So. <laughs> I totally get the joke. It's probably more metaphorical in the same way. Mankind is metaphorical, uh, but, but still, I, I totally get the joke.
As long as they're only calling prophets and apostles that are men, I'm going to go with my joke <laughs> because because to everything there is an opposite, you know. Sure. <laughs> totally, I'm totally good with that joke. I just yeah. Uh, Bradley, do you want to add anything more about what you've learned from 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 learning that there are three degrees of glory and sense of perdition and all of that wonderfulness after we yeah um for me the more that i've learned about the plan of salvation and how all of this works um it it feels a lot more like we kind of decide where we want to go than god telling us where to go um if we have a desire to go to a certain kingdom i feel like we have that potential and we're not going to be turned away from that opportunity to be able to qualify for that. Um, I like that. Yeah. And if we don't want to strive for that, then we don't have to, there's other options. Um, it's not going to be, I don't feel like anybody's going to be disappointed or discouraged by wherever they end up. They're going to be where they want to be. I like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think people are going to be where they feel happiest. And that's, what I think, I think exactly what we're talking about. We've talked about this previous thing is like, will I be in a state of happiness? Yes, you will. You will, you will be in a state that you feel absolutely happy wherever that is. That's why Christ said called the way Christ described it. He described it simpler. He just said, there are many mansions in heaven. And, and there's, there's, there's good chance that there's, there's, there's degrees inside of all the other these main degrees right i, I don't know right. that but um well when when i have and it's and it's funny because i'm not often um impressed to share a personal revelation uh, in this context but i i the holy spirit is is very loud right now so <laughs> i will bend i will bend <laughs> um the the revelation that i have personally received about my own questions um, when I have asked in regarding this section and other personal challenges about leaving this planet. It's like, you know, wh what does happen? And the impressions that I constantly have received have been very, very consistent with Doctrine and Covenant 76, 111, which is, for they shall be judged according to their works and every man shall receive according to his own works, his own dominion in the mansions which are prepared. And to me, my interpretation is, if that is, you will be given what is heaven to you. So that that's my interpretation of a revelation given to me. So it's, it, it's, but it, for me, it lined up. <laughs> and, and when my revelations, when my personal revelations line up with the scriptures, that's when I feel the best. It's like, oh, okay, I think I got this. <laughs> Does that make sense, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. I think it, I think it's a, it's a, it's an amazingly happy, um, doctrine and inclusive doctrine when you truly look at it now we sometimes as mortals have a hard time truly understand like 
Like for instance, I had to put up a diagram that showed you pre-mortal existence, down to mortal life, up to spirit world, over to resurrection, because we think linearly. We think in these lines that have to go like that. And it, it's probably not like that. It's very much more like very dynamic and very um, maybe even in circular. I don't even know exactly what it, like, like if you look at the, how the, the, the work, the galaxies and universe have exploded and solar systems kind of congregate to themselves and planets congregate to themselves. And yet they're all part of the one big thing yet. They're, they're, they're different groupings of multidimensional spectrum and they're multidimensional. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's <laughs> much more like what the next world's going to be like. And the problem is, is it is it's that you can't perceive it because we only perceive three dimensions, right? True. That's very true. And and I think I mean we could go into this particular section for for hours because this we is could a do long the whole section. year of podcasts <laughs> on we just really this section. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to. As, as I've mentioned in this in this program before, we are not going to teach you the gospel. This We are sharing with you the impressions that we've had from this section. We invite you to read this and study and ponder on this section for as many hours as you desire. And if you disagree with it, put it in the comments and let us know. Let us learn yes, more from you. Please, teach us. Because I believe that we all teach one another. Okay, anything more about the section before we wrap up with some love and light for this week ahead? Okay, Andrew, I'm gonna put you on the spot for love and light. Oh, I get the love and light for the, my, I think my love and light is that, that God is not a God of punishment. I think one of the key, that one of the key lines that we learn from this section is that that, that even though there are consequences to our sin, they, they are not endless. It talks about eternal punishment, meaning it's God's punishment. It's just as much part of the way you, you know, you, you're learning and growth as everything else. It's not punishment for punishment's sake, um, right? It is, it, is, it is a consequence of sin or it's consequences of choice, but that's what it is. And, and truthfully, the plan of salvation is a plan of inclusivity and love. And that's my love and love. Thank you, Andrew. Bradley. Yeah, so my love and light comes from um, just like personal experience as of late where I felt like God wasn't answering my prayers or wasn't listening to me or things weren't making sense. And I've just learned and gained a stronger testimony that eventually things do make sense. Um, and so we just have to be patient that um, times in our lives when we feel like God wasn't listening was really God just giving us the opportunity to grow and to learn things for ourselves. So it was a good reminder to me. Thank you, Bradley. Well, for my love and light, I'm going to give you a quote from Elder Ulysses Suarez Pac from this last general conference, Jesus Christ, the caregiver of our soul. He suffered these things for all, taking upon himself the sins of the world, thus becoming our ultimate spiritual caregiver. As we draw nearer to him, surrendering ourselves spiritually to his care, 
we will be able to take upon ourselves his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light, thus finding that promised comfort and rest. Furthermore, we will receive the strength we all need to overcome the hardships, weaknesses, and sorrows of life, which are exceedingly difficult to endure without his help and healing power. So we hope that your week ahead is full of the love and light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and so does God. This little night of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.